Neville Johnson had been giving Jack Hathaway the long, cold screw, but I would put an end to it. Daydreaming in my Cumulus Ride 1969 Cadillac Coupe de Ville convertible, headed west on Wilshire Boulevard, a section called the Miracle Mile, A.W. Ross's gift to the world of urban planning, only when I passed the La Brea tar pits did I realize I'd gone too far. A reverse course passed the tar pits again. A million fossils had been extracted from the site, but only one human being. Before stoplights, plumbing, algebra, electricity, and lotto tickets, a young woman had met her demise hereabouts, blunt force trauma to the head. A body then was as inconvenient as a body today. She had been tossed into the tar pits where her murderer watched her until she sank. Nine thousand years later, a team of Hancock Park amateur paleontologists had recovered her, piece by piece. It set me thinking. Somewhere back there, there must have been a man like me. A man the grieving family came to, looking for answers about their disappeared kinswoman. What had he told them? Tales of jealous gods? Tales of saber-toothed tigers? Perhaps, back then as now, justice did not absolutely require a body. Maybe common sense, circumstantial evidence would have sufficed. My predecessor would have studied her friends, her family, her lovers. Because mostly only those who loved were capable of hate. Then he would draw a conclusion. And then? Then who knows? She might have been inconvenient. I wondered what they called that man. They call me the shortcut man. I found my destination, the old Desmond's building. I parked on Dunsmuir, walked up to the once grand stretch of Boulevard. The building directory was aged, too, the white plastic letters crooked. Neville Johnson, Esquire, was on the fourth floor, suite 404. Johnson practiced a narrow subspecialty at the periphery of the profession. The D.A. called it UPL, the Unauthorized Practice of Law, a blatant violation of a client's trust, most frequently by keeping his money and doing nothing. The usual result was a pablum letter from the state bar. If the guy did it fifty times, he might be prosecuted for a misdemeanor and fined a thousand bucks. Sometimes, rarely, the lawyer was actually disbarred in order to cease practice. In fact, Neville Johnson had been so ordered. Of course, a practice bureaucrat, Johnson ignored the order. He then managed to ensnare one Jack Hathaway as a client, and that's where I came in. The elevator grumbled to a stop. I exited into a lobby serving four offices and a restroom. Johnson's office was off to my right. I opened the door and stepped inside. Suite 404 smelled like a case of diminishing returns, musty, dusty, humid. Out-of-date modern furniture sagged brownly around the waiting room. A fluorescent overhead light flicked intermittently. "'How can I help you?' inquired a woman behind a glass partition. A small vase held plastic flowers. "'I'm Dick Henry.' I demonstrated my Mr. Affable smile. Here to see Mr. Johnson. Linda Hart looked up at the man in front of her. He wasn't among the usual run of customer. He didn't look worried, rabid, or defeated. 
Maybe he was another alky running on a fresh tank of early morning resolve. It had taken Linda just a few weeks to realize her boss was a cheat, a thief, and a tartuffle. A man who did nothing for his clients but accept their retainers. Not that the look of the office wouldn't warn a prudent customer. She always took her paycheck directly to the bank. Is Mr. Johnson expecting you? Well, you told me he would be yesterday. Have a seat, Mr. Uh, Henry. Have a seat, Mr. Henry. The magazines on the table were as stale as the air. I thumbed through a few, learned about cold fusion, pagers, and quadraphonic sound. At least they had come to exist. I still relied on the promise of flying automobiles.'